Welcome to Exhibition and Xbox Podcast, episode number 86. My name is Samuel Adams, and on today's show, we finally have confirmation that Xbox's answer to a Nintendo Direct is on the way. It's happening January 25th, and we know exactly what to expect. We'll talk about if this is finally going to be the event that sets Xbox on the right trajectory when it comes to regular updates and transparency. On top of that, we also have some unfortunate news from the Ubisoft camp with profits down and more games delayed. But at least we're rounding it off on a good note because Xbox is getting a little bit more green. Even greener than usual. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. There's no getting around it. Xbox had an incredibly barren 2022. I mean, we saw updates for some big games, but when it comes to new first-party titles, there was nothing new on the roster. And to make matters even worse, the Game Awards are typically where Xbox will show off some of their biggest announcements. It's where the Xbox Series X was actually first unveiled. That kind of sets the tone, that kind of sets a precedent. And so when there weren't any new Xbox games announced at the show or even updates on existing games that had already been announced, fans started to ask questions of what is Xbox doing? When will we see more about these new games that are coming out? Then Aaron Greenberg posted a little tweet over on Twitter and said, hey, you're not going to have to wait too long. We've got plenty in store for a very exciting 2023 And now we know exactly what he was referring to. That is the inaugural Xbox Developer Direct. This is an entirely new show that Xbox is putting on to give us direct updates, as the name implies, on some of their biggest games coming for 2023. In fact, these are games we're going to be seeing pretty imminently. I mean, we're talking about Forza Motorsport. We're talking about Minecraft Legends, Redfall, and The Elder Scrolls Online. Those are the four games that are listed in the blog post over on the Xbox Wire that gives you all of the updates that you need to know. You can tune in on January 25th at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time to see updates on The Elder Scrolls Online, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall, and it's all going down on the Xbox and Bethesda Twitch and YouTube channels. In my opinion, kind of weird that that's going to be broadcast on the Bethesda channels because there is no Starfield news. They actually ended up calling that out, saying to dedicate the proper amount of time for a deep dive into Bethesda Game Studios Starfield, a standalone show is in the works, which I love the fact that they have owned that conversation. They have called that out and they have not let the gaming community's mind start racing. All things considered, I love the fact that they're setting expectations. That is the most important thing you can do here, because if people were to just have a vague description of what is coming and you get the hype machine churning, inevitably people are going to be disappointed because they assume this is going to be the big whammy. They assume this is going to be the event that they have been waiting for for years and years and years, when in reality, it's a quick update on games that are coming out very, very soon. Still, great to see updates on games in general, from the team at Xbox. So let's break down what you can expect to see from each of these four announcements. 
First and foremost, The Elder Scrolls Online. Studio director Matt Furor will unveil 2023's major chapter update, including the latest regions of Tamriel to become playable in ESO, as well as a major new feature coming in the game's biggest update this year. The developer direct will be immediately followed by the full standalone ESO chapter reveal event hosted by Zenimax Online Studios, which will provide an all, uh, excuse me, all the in-depth details ESO players will be keen to know. Then from Forza Motorsport, the team at Turn 10 Studios have been hard at work bringing fans the next generation of Forza Motorsport built from the ground up to take advantage of Xbox Series X and S. Forza Motorsport is back and we can't wait to share more gameplay and exciting new details. Minecraft Legends Mojang Studios will showcase an insider's look into the PvP multiplayer experience in Minecraft Legends, the upcoming action strategy game from the makers of Minecraft. Developed in partnership with Blackbird Interactive and launching this spring, don't miss exclusive gameplay footage at the developer Direct. And finally, Redfall. The minds behind Dishonored and Prey, Arcane Austin, will showcase several minutes of gameplay from their upcoming FPS. The developer Direct will reveal single and multiplayer gameplay, showing you more of how you and your friends will take down bloodthirsty vampires on the picturesque island of Redfall, Massachusetts. Fans can expect to learn more about combat, customization, bosses, the open world, and more. All exciting things, but what I am looking forward to the most is seeing more from Redfall, as many people are. Because if we're talking about big releases in 2023 that are going to be targeting that mainstream gaming audience, that are going to be console sellers, you pretty much have Redfall and Starfield. Those are going to be driving some interest, and I think being able to see more of what Redfall is delivering, especially after reports last week that we discussed where Redfall is going to be more like Far Cry, according to some at the studio, I want to see some gameplay. I want to see more of this world, and I want a release date. That is the biggest thing that I want from each of these games. Of course, ESO kind of in its own realm because it's just getting an update. But give me release dates for Minecraft Legends, Redfall, and Forza Motorsport. I don't care what they are as long as they're realistic and reliable. Those are the key elements here because we see these games getting pushed and pushed. We see Skull and Bones, which we'll talk about more in a moment, getting kicked for a sixth consecutive time. Let me know when you have a definitive release date, which I think is what they're exactly doing with Starfield, by the way, and then we'll talk. And I think that's exactly what's happening here. This is us talking now that we know when these games are going to come out. I could not be more excited. I'm going to be watching this myself. I hope you will tune in as well. And of course, you know, here on Exhibition, we'll talk more about all of the biggest announcements from the show. But 2023 is off to a strong start for Xbox. I mean, we've got uh, Persona 3 and Persona 4 both coming to Game Pass alongside Monster Hunter Rise. So those are some pretty big games to launch the year off. We've got more coming later in January, likely coming next week. So all things considered, I think 2023 is already off on the right foot. This past week is a pivotal moment in the history of Ubisoft. Right now, it's kind of sink or swim for one of the industry's biggest publishers, because as reported on by Kotaku, Ubisoft held an emergency call with investors on Wednesday to reveal that the company's 2022 sales had fallen well below expectations and that it would be taking drastic measures going forward, including canceling three more unannounced games, delaying Skull and Bones a few months yet again, and cutting roughly $215 million in cost over the next two years, with some of that savings coming from a smaller headcount at the over 20,000 person publisher. Lots to break down even in that first paragraph. First and foremost, three unannounced games are never going to see the light of day. My question is, how many resources were put into those games? How much time has been sunk into them? If I had to guess, probably a good bit. 
probably going to be a sizable investment, a loss that they're going to write off. So it's always unfortunate that developers that have spent time making something and games that have been created are never even going to get the chance to be judged by the gaming community and potentially rise to the top uh, just because they didn't hit the mark, just because they didn't, uh, you know, pass the test internally. It's always a bummer for me. But Skull and Bones has been delayed for a sixth time. Now, right now, it has been pushed out with no definitive release date. So it's going to land sometime between April and March of next year. I personally think this is probably going to be a August-September game. That seems like it feels right to me. Uh, but Yves Gamow said that it's just not ready. The game has made considerable progress, but it's not ready for release right now. And the Skull and Bones Twitter account said they're going to share more soon. Still, huge bummer, and again, we're coming up on the game's sixth anniversary of being announced, and it has gone through rework after rework time and time again, and I just don't feel good about Skull and Bones. I think that it's going to be one of those games where you can see the precursors of the various versions of the game that have come before, where it's been reinvented, reinvigorated, and you can kind of tell in the gameplay that was shown off a couple of months ago that the UI is very bloated. There are so many little mechanics in the game that are probably reminiscent or or that are probably left over from past versions of the game that have been torn down and rebuilt into something new. And so hopefully all of that gets cleaned up, the process and the gameplay gets a little streamlined and uh, maybe it will turn out to be one of the best games of the year. You know, time will tell. I just think that overcoming the negative connotation around Skull and Bones is going to be very, very difficult. But it's been delayed by a few months one more time. Again, marking the sixth delay for this game. And of course, we round out with the $215 million cost-cutting measure that will include layoffs as confirmed by Yves Gameau. Now, in an email to staff, he writes, Today more than ever, I need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success. I'm also asking that each of you be especially careful and strategic with your spending and initiatives to ensure we're being as efficient and lean as possible, end quote. So what are the big losses here? Mario Sparks of Rabid. What was that? Mario plus Rabid Sparks of Hope. Let's retry that one one more time. Uh, And Just Dance 2023 both fell well below expectations. And those were some pretty big games coming out for last year. They may not be in the mainstream, but there was a lot of hype around both of those games in their respective communities. Especially to see Sparks of Rabbit, there I did it again, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope underperform is kind of shocking in my opinion. I thought that one was going to be more of a hit because the gameplay looked pretty good and it reviewed fairly well. But nonetheless, if it underperformed, it underperformed. There's so much riding on the upcoming games that Ubisoft has coming. I mean, we are talking about games like... Assassin's Creed Mirage, Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, we've got Tom Clancy's The Division Heartland potentially coming out somewhere in 2023. So all of these games have a lot riding on them, and I don't know that they are set to turn the company around in and of themselves. I mean, Assassin's Creed Mirage is a $50 somewhat budget title. I mean, it's a standalone DLC, basically, so it's somewhat of an outlier in comparison to an Assassin's Creed Origins Odyssey or Valhalla. Then with Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, it's been delayed. More than likely, it was supposed to hit at the end of last year whenever the new movie came out. So if this one comes out in, let's say, fall or winter 2023, that's going to be roughly about a year since the release of Avatar 2. Is Avatar still going to have the mindshare of the public? Is the game going to be good? I mean, I think that's what it really comes down to. Is this going to be an encapsulating Avatar experience that people really want to dive into and explore? Or is it going to feel like a half-baked semi-movie tie-in? 
I hope that it's not the latter. Uh, but again, keeping my hopes high, but my expectations in check. And then Tom Clancy's The Division Heartland. This is the free-to-play division title. I have solid hopes for it, but as a free-to-play game, the monetization has to be right and it has to provide value. So will that one be good? Time will tell. And they do say they're going to announce one more big AAA project that's going to launch within the fiscal year that we're in right now. So there is something else on the way from the team at Ubisoft. But all things considered, that's a lot riding on just a small handful of games that have been announced. And of course, Skull and Bones is also baked into those potential expectations. But let's not mince words. That one's probably, again, I'm just going to assume not going to do as well as they need it to. So Ubisoft is at a very big turning point right now. I hope that the company is able to turn it around. And this, of course, begs the question, will this lead to an acquisition? Is Sony going to jump on this and say, hey, yees, we know you're running into some issues here. How about we cut a deal? We start building some of these legacy IP back up. We get you guys back on track. Come join the PlayStation Studios family. I don't think Xbox is going to jump in on this because they are fully focused on Activision Blizzard. You know, if these talks are being had, which it does seem like they are, you know, Ubisoft was set to be acquired at some point last year, but the deal fell through. So I think they're probably going to be open to that now more than ever. Uh, but once again, I just think that Ubisoft is not going to be the right match for Xbox in the current state with FTC investigations going on, regulatory filings around the world. It's just not the right time to add another thing into the mix. Uh, so I think that Xbox is probably going to sit this one out, but I would not be shocked to see Ubisoft acquire by somebody by the end of the year and that very well may be for the best you know we all want these games to do well and we all want the games to be built and deliver on the expectations that fans have for them and ubisoft quite frankly has not been doing that in recent years you know far cry 6 visually was solid it was all of a seven you know, it just didn't hit for me there are all these smaller titles coming here and there along the way but just not the ubisoft that it was back whenever it was at its peak, and uh, I don't know how they get back to that, and uh, I'm not entirely sure that Izgimo does either. While we're talking about Ubisoft, I didn't want to leave things on a negative note, because not all is bad in that side of the gaming industry. Assassin's Creed Mirage is shaping up to be a great game. I'm very excited about this one, especially in the way that it's discussed, because Heather Wald over at Games Radar had an interview with creative director Stéphane Boudon, who shared more about Assassin's Creed Mirage, the inspiration for the game, and after talking with Boudon, Heather describes this as a love letter to the original Assassin's Creed. We're seeing the return of things like throwing knives and smoke bombs that have seen a bit of an evolution to make them feel a little bit more modern, but everything feels like it's going to be a modern version of the old school Assassin's Creed that so many of us fell in love with. And that's not to be a dig on Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla, the big RPGs that Assassin's Creed has become in recent years. But there's something special about Assassin's Creed 2. There's something special about Revelations. Uh, that kind of experience is kind of lost now in the world of Assassin's Creed. And so if Mirage performs well, maybe we could see two versions of Assassin's Creed begin to emerge, where we have things like the big RPGs and we have things like the more streamlined action games, because I think there's room for both versions of Assassin's Creed in the industry. But the main piece that I wanted to pull out of Heather's interview with Budon, which you should totally go check out over at Games Radar, is that this quote puts into perspective what Mirage is going to be. Budon says, quote, Mirage's creation has been the convergence of several inputs. Of course, the first one comes from our community. 
Origins, Odyssey, Valhalla, they're all great games with the promise to live an epic journey in a strong fantasy. Their scopes have been calibrated to fulfill those ambitions as they all embrace the RPG mechanics. But amongst our fans, we started hearing the desire for a character-driven story, focusing on the core pillars of the first Assassin's Creed in a more intimate scale. It resonates with us as well as developers, and this was the starting point of the project, end quote. Love every bit of that. Listen to the community. People want that old school experience. The developers want to make it. It's a match made in heaven. So throughout the rest of the article and the interview, they talk more about blending into crowds, which is coming back and it's going to be more like Unity than it was Assassin's Creed 2, for example. So it's going to feel much more natural. It's going to be a game uh, that really does put you in the shoes of an assassin in 9th century Baghdad. I love that setting uh, and I think this is going to be one of the best games of the year. I am so hyped for this one and I can't wait for gameplay. So, you know, coming off of discussions around how poorly Ubisoft is doing right now and potential acquisitions and the possibility of that happening. I want to emphasize that Ubisoft is not dead in the water. They've got great IP. They've got a team that can make it happen. They just have to come together and make it happen. And I think that they can. They've just got to refocus and recalibrate and cut the fat, get these bad games out the door or cancel them entirely as it seems like they're doing with some of these unannounced projects and focus on making the core games that you are known for better. That's all it comes down to, in my opinion. And I'm not a game developer. I'm not an analyst. I'm just an armchair expert that's kicking back playing some games. But that's just my two cents. To wrap up today's show, Xbox is becoming the first carbon-aware console with an update rolling out soon to everyone, but available now for Xbox insiders. And this is all coming from Blaine Hogly, a technical program manager over at Xbox, who talks more about how Microsoft is focusing more on sustainability than ever before. First and foremost, Xbox is now the first gaming console to offer carbon-aware game downloads and updates. Being carbon-aware means reducing carbon footprint by optimizing updates and downloads to run at a time when the console can use the most renewable energy. When your console is plugged in, connected to the internet, and regional carbon intensity data is available, Xbox will schedule game, app, and OS updates for your console at specific times during the nightly maintenance window that may result in lower carbon emissions because a higher proportion of electricity is coming from from lower carbon sources on the electric grid. For example, instead of your Xbox waking up during the nightly maintenance window at a random time between 2 a.m. and 6 a.m., your console will wake up at a time when it can use the most renewable energy in your local energy grid. This decreases fossil fuel dependency and CO2 emissions and could potentially save you money. While only available to Xbox insiders that use shutdown energy saving right now, all Xbox gamers will have the chance to update soon so that your Xbox console is carbon aware. Then we have energy settings that help your Xbox save energy. Starting today, Xbox insiders will notice that their Xbox Series X and S consoles automatically update to the shutdown energy saving power option. This one-time update to your power settings will reduce your power consumption while your console is off and will not affect performance, gameplay, or your console's ability to receive overnight updates to system, games, or apps. Remote features are supported while the console is powered on. However, remote wake is not supported when the console is shut down. You can adjust your settings at any time, choosing what works best for you. Shutdown, energy saving, cuts power use by up to 20 times while it's off compared to sleep. As we continue to explore options for all players to reduce their environmental impact, Xbox One consoles will begin to see new power mode options, including shutdown, energy saving as early as today. Xbox One consoles will be testing multiple messaging options to determine the best way to inform players of the change. This effort is to provide Xbox One gamers with an opportunity to provide feedback on their experience. 
Shut down energy saving will allow Xbox One consoles to receive system, game, or app downloads overnight, just like Xbox Series X and S. With shutdown energy saving selected, Xbox One consoles will experience a slower boot time. Remote features are still supported while the console is powered on. We encourage all players to learn more about the power setting options available to you, and every small step we take has a larger collective impact, and choosing shutdown energy saving can have a real meaningful impact. For example, for every two consoles that switch to shutdown energy saving for one year, we will save the equivalent amount of carbon removed by one tree planted and grown for a decade. This is based on an average of Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One consoles on shutdown energy saving for 20 hours per day for one year. Ultimately, these changes are great for the environment. And this mode specifically, unless you are somebody who uses the remote features on your Xbox on a regular basis, is going to be a move that changes nothing about your experience. It just makes things better for the environment. So I think that enabling this by default is a great move by Team Xbox. And if you want to change it, it's just a couple of clicks away. No issues whatsoever. They also go in to talk more about improved sustainability with active hours and sleep. So some changes are coming there. And of course, how you can help. You can change your settings. You can get carbon aware and you can shut down sooner when inactive. So instead of sitting idle while you're on TikTok, you can shut down your Xbox as soon as you start looking at TikTok. Could be a great option for you there as well. It's great to see Xbox have this focus. And I do think that the small incremental changes that we all make collectively are going to end up adding up in the long run. That's the biggest takeaway from all of this here. So to see Xbox bringing these features to the Xbox One alongside the Xbox Series X and S is something that's great to see as well. And so in five years, when we look back on this, Microsoft is going to be able to say we made an impact here. We were able to change these settings and have a positive movement uh, towards that sustainability focus. So Microsoft has been doing this in the PC space for quite some time. Uh, They've tried to remain carbon neutral. They're trying to push for those goals. And so it's great to see that Xbox is continuing to become a bigger part of that. But that rounds out this week's episode of Exhibition, an Xbox podcast. If you enjoyed today's show and you are new here, be sure to hit that subscribe button over on YouTube or add the show to your podcast feed of choice and get it delivered to you each and every Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. It's always a great time here on Exhibition. But until next week, you guys have a fantastic one. I'll talk to you soon. And remember, keep on playing.